From the forests and heaths of West Suffolk to the pastoral calm of the Dedham Vale, Suffolk is a county which revels in its beauty, but also in its humility. And yet it's full of successful businesses, purposeful charities, and fascinating people. The conversations that we are holding are with the people in Suffolk who work on the three things that you can do with your money. You can spend it, you can save it, or you can give it away. So we're talking with the entrepreneurs and the business leaders where we spend our money. We're talking to the independent financial advisors and money experts who help us when we have financial issues. And we're talking to the charities and the community groups who are making a difference within our county. There are many quotes attributed to Napoleon, one of which was that the British are a nation of shopkeepers. But in order for there to be shopkeepers, there has to be shoppers. So how's the last year affected us within Suffolk? How have retail outlets and our town centres been impacted by the pandemic? Have our shopping habits changed permanently? Have they changed for the better or for the worse? So I'm delighted to welcome our three guests today. So Cathy Frost, owner of Love One in Ipswich Town Centre, an independent retailer. Mark Cordell, the CEO of Our Bury St Edmunds, the Business Improvement District. And Stephen Moody, who is a Suffolk-based retail analyst. So Cathy, let's start with you. First of all, tell us a little bit about Love One. Uh, where is it? How long have you been, in, been running and, and what's happened over the last year? Well, it's been quite a year. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about where we are first. Uh, so my business has been on the high street for 13 years. Uh, we're in the Saints part of Ipswich. So if you know Ipswich, it's the bit between the town centre and the waterfront. And over the last probably, yeah, 13 years I've been there, it's kind of developed into a, a kind of hub for independent businesses. We've got about 56 businesses at the last count uh mo most of them i think all of them actually are now completely owned independently which actually is quite an achievement considering where we are with high streets so um i i, I opened my door in 2007 and i don't have a retail background i just had a passion for shopping <laughs> and i was quite good at it and i'd kind of retrained I, i'd been in local government for 10 years decided to jump ship decided to for various reasons things happened in my own personal life and I retrained as an interior designer and it took me on a completely different path and it ended up <laughs> with it with a shop on the high street the the shop originally was in was an interior design shop so it was it had all the stuff that you would have you know if you went to see an interior designer I then went through the recession we had to uh, change to survive and we became a gift shop and we also, at that point, again, to survive, I, I was watching what was happening in cities. I, I'm from London originally, so Greenwich Market and places like Shoreditch. And I was kind of watching what was happening in parts of London, especially. And there was a kind of rise in, in that kind of artisan-led uh, way of retail. So markets, especially, was, was becoming a thing. And I teamed up with some local uh, creatives and we started the Saints Street Markets as a way of surviving, actually. And, and what that proved was by creating a, a kind of a sense of experience, 
we then became a kind of a, a, a go-to place and that go-to place then attracted more business. So I'm kind of trying to learn on kind of looking back at what we did in way back then. But to kind of put it in, in back into where we are now, um, so in 13 years, this, this has been the toughest challenge by far because in the last recession, although that was a challenge, I traded through that. And although there were some ups and downs, I, I kind of, I was open and I could adapt and change and, and we had the markets and, and we were still seeing customers. And, and although our product range kind of changed, our, our, our tribe, our shopping tribe changed with us and we came out of it okay, actually. Uh, it took a while, but but we, we survived. Um, this though has been, there is a financial impact and I think that kind of goes without saying. We've been shut for, it feels like half a year probably uh and for a bricks and mortar business that's that's not good <laughs> and i think but the biggest thing for me has been the emotional challenge because in the last recession i was trading through it and i i was i was feeling i was on the journey and i was doing something about it this has been completely different and for many many small businesses this the emotional impact of kind of literally seeing your business slip through your hands uh through no fault of your own has been huge and i'm i'm really optimistic i'm a very upbeat kind of person and i i you have to be i think to be in this kind of business but you know i've had some really dark days and and my neighbors have had some dark days and we've we've had kind of chats over zoom or we've met in the park over coffee and and kind of gone oh my god what are we going to do this is oh you know how are you doing and we've kind of bonded over this weird kind of not not being open so uh, yeah, I, I I was fearful of losing customers. I I, I didn't really want an online business. I, I have gone online. I went online in the first lockdown to survive, and and it was again not necessarily just about the financial. It was about connecting, and and the one thing that as a as a group of businesses, the Saints and many other communities around the country are finding is that you know we are fearful of losing the community, and at the heart of all of this has got to be about the community and, and that we are often the only people that they see. Yeah. Um, wow. So, you know, in a nutshell, uh, yeah, I'm now an omni-channel retailer. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. a good word. I didn't That's know a that great uh, term. Uh, yeah. So I'm online, I'm bricks and mortar and I'm on social media. And, and that has got to be, I guess, the way forward. Yeah. Well, I think that's certainly a conversation starter for, for us to come yeah. back to a little bit later, I'm just um, interested in Mark's situation. If we look at, you know, the, the so we've seen Kathy's um, circumstances explained in huge detail, and that's really helpful to look back. But obviously, Mark, you're looking over uh, an area, uh, Bury Sundman's Town Centre, not just one individual retail unit. Um, how has that situation been extrapolated across that area? Firstly, if I just give a bit of background, my organisation of business improvement districts, and there's a few of them in, in over 300 in the country, and, and there's there's a few of them in um, in Suffolk as well at the moment. But I represent the Berry businesses in Berry Town Centre, so about 400 plus businesses, and obviously, like Kathy said, the last year has been extremely challenging. But I've been doing this job 10 years, and to be fair, it's been quite challenging for. Um, the high streets throughout most of that period of time and I suspect if we had people here that had been doing this job longer than me they would say the same 
Um, the high streets, fault town centres, fortunately, fuck me and our businesses, are a bit of an institution. And, and although that quote goes back to Napoleon, what, 200 odd years ago, it's probably still quite relevant. And we all know phrases, used to, you know, retail therapy. And as Cathy said in her intro, it was a bit of a um, tongue in cheek. Well, I think it was. You know, she, she was a good shopper. <laughs> so that has become part of our lives. And the social aspect of it is extremely important. If I talk about Barry St. Edmunds, and this week we've seen, um, you know, the, the, the talk of the 15-minute city centre and the funding that Ipswich has got, and, and that's great. And as a concept, um, I totally support it. In fact, I was only speaking to our district council a couple of weeks about it. But the, the whole concept is about 50 years old, um, and Barry St. Edmunds is that city, in inverted commas, that town. We're lucky how our town is laid out. It's fundamentally in a square. Everywhere is accessible within about a 10 minute walk. And, and what Bury has got is um, a great variety and diversity of offer. I suspect, Colin, if I, you and I were talking now about financial investment, you might be uh, look, thinking to recommend I have a balanced portfolio. And if I was talking to a um, dietitian, they'd tell me I should have a balanced diet. And unsurprisingly, I'm going to say a successful town centre needs to have a balanced offering. So, yes, shops are very important. And we've got a great mix of independents and nationals. And maybe later on, I can expand a little bit how our growth recently has been in the with the independents. Um, but we've also got a lovely open space of the Abbey Gardens that's been extremely well used during the last year whilst people have needed their exercise. We've got the culture of the of a Regency theatre and a modern concert hall at the Apex, Moises Hall Museum. So there's lots of reasons to come to Bury, and as you will know from your role, Colin, um, you don't want all your eggs in one basket, or if they are in one, it's a risky investment. And therefore we've seen lots of changes during the last year. Fundamentally, the businesses that have been struggling are nationals, and a big, huge generalization, that's because they've generally overexpanded their estates. Um, and of course, COVID came on the end of two or three years of an economic downturn. The, the most recent economic peak in Berry Town Centre was 2016. And since then, our footfall has been going down. Um, so the COVID over the last year, as I just think, hastened, dare I say, the demise of businesses that were probably already heading in that direction. And particularly for us and Ipswich, you know, the the fate of Debenhams has been so important because we've both got profitable Debenham stores. And for as long as Debenhams traded as a brand, we would be okay. But as soon as the, um, the whole deck of cards fell, then we are going to be losing a very important store in our town that was trading very profitably. But through no fault of their own, through no fault of our own, we're losing that and top shop in the Ark Shopping Centre. And the Ark Shopping Centre came in, was created just over approaching 11 years ago and was fundamental to attracting new, new visitors here and retaining our local community who were travelling further afield to the Ipswich, Cambridge and Norges of this world. Yeah. So in summary, yes, we've seen some change and perhaps later on in this we can talk specifically about that. But in general terms, like Cathy, I'm quite optimistic because we've got new businesses coming into the town, I believe people will be wanting to come back to the town centre for the sociability reasons as much as, 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 as much as anything. 
And no doubt some people who've never used online shopping before have used it during the last year. And, no, and probably some of them will continue to do so. But I do think for some, it's been a sort of a something to have to do. And when people get fed up with finding um, you know, parcels thrown over next door's garden or going on this, they will, they will relish the opportunity to actually come in and interact with people and feel, touch, smell items that they can buy. So yeah. in, yeah, in, in generalization, it's been a very difficult year. Stop, start. You know, we, are we on lockdown three? We've had tiers two, four, or whatever. Um, and, you know, for some of our businesses, they opened last, you know, there's one business that opened last February and they've been closed almost more often than they've been open. So very difficult times. But here in Bury, we're not doom and gloom, but it's conversely, you know, we know it's not going to be easy. Thank you. I mean, that's a dose of realism, Mark. Thank you. That's understandable that, uh, you know, there's that's been a tough year and it'll be helpful for us to then in turn look in due course at, you know, some of the positives. But how, how is this um, looking, Stephen, as, across the county and how does Suffolk compare with the national picture? Is this a, the same story in every town centre? Well, I can just only agree with what uh, what the previous two have been saying, you know, that retail and the high street continues to evolve. It continues to change and it always will do. Um, they are the heart of our town and city centres. Um, and this year has been, you know, the least traditional year that I can ever, uh, ever think of. Um, regionally and nationally, um, the picture is the same. Um, you know, in 2020, we lost over 17 and a half thousand retail stores across the country. And uh, it's the big retail names, the big multiples that uh, get the headlines. Uh, but what you don't always hear is the, the seven and a half thousand that opened in mm. 2020. So, you know, there is obviously confidence and opportunities there. Um, the national uh, vacancy rate on the high street is currently about 13%. Um, and regionally, East Anglia is doing much better. I mean, we lost about 1,500 high street stores, uh, but regionally we're at about 9.6%. So uh, we are beating the, uh, the national average. But within that, and within Suffolk and Norfolk in particular, there are the, the differences, obviously. Um, it's the, the bigger centres that have suffered more. Um, you know, they don't have the range of multiple stores that have closed. And, and as Mark said, and I totally agree, it's a national picture with these multiples rather than a local um, issue. Um, you know, some of the stores in Suffolk, I know Ipswich and Bury, the Debenhams are very, very profitable. But, uh, you know, they can't help what goes on nationally and other stores pulling them down. I mean, I think something like uh, Debenhams in uh, Oxford Street, their, their business rates was 5.5 million. You know, that's just ridiculous. Um, but uh, within Suffolk and Norfolk, there are differences. And the bigger towns are suffering more because they have more shops to lose, obviously. Uh, so, for example, Ipswich has a 15.6% a vacancy rate, which is higher than the national average. And we can all think of uh, walking along, you know, the main golden mile in Ipswich, uh, the empty shops along there. And of course, these figures don't include Debenhams and uh, the Arcadia Group, which, uh, which uh, are coming shortly. Um, Lower stuff and uh, Great Yarmouth are, uh, have a higher vacancy rate because they are the sort of middle towns 
where again the the retail offer is dominated by chain stores so great yard uh, sorry great yarmouth and lowest are currently over 20 percent so that's one in five empty shops uh, the smaller places, so somewhere like Berry, is about 8.99%. So uh, again, it's much more of a mix between independence and the, the multiple stores. Um, but it is about, you know, there are about uh, 48 stores closing every day, and that includes the, the hospitality business. But of course, that then opens up opportunities mm. for new businesses to come in um, where the multiples are changing. I think we we need to move away. Um, the perception of a high street is is you know you're you can tell a lot about a town by walking down the high street. You can tell a lot about the demographics, uh, the money that is there just by walking down the high street to see what shops are there. And um, most towns and cities, their city centre retail offer is what the perception of that town and city is. Mm. Um, and you know normally, <laughs> if there is such a thing then uh, the more well-off cities um, can do better. But uh, for example, Chester, which we would think of as being quite affluent, has over 20% vacancy rate at the moment. Uh, and that's because the uh, students are not coming back, the tourists are not around, but also they've got stronger offers in Liverpool and Manchester, which are on the doorstep. And whereas, you know, 10 years ago, uh, a high street multiple would have 200, 50 shops nationally to have national coverage nowadays it would be 75 shops nationally plus the internet um, and that would give their national coverage and of course in in east anglia your norwich and your cambridge will be the the go-to stores to have stores and uh, the shops and and then you would have uh, the internet to have the more rural areas so things are changing uh, they always will do um, but, you know, I was I was thinking about something that Kathy said about the uh, the emotional side of it, because, of course, you could say, you know, 17,000 shops gone, but it's the jobs. Mm. It's the people's livelihoods, the, the the second incomes in lots of cases. It's the emotional attachment to a brand that you might have worked for for 40 years. And that often gets overlooked. And the, uh, the emotional attachment that we have to our shops, you know, they do become very personal to us, even if they are local chains or national chains, but uh, they become very personal to us. And we do have to sort of step back, I think, and think about the people who are affected. You know, it's not just the the, uh, the shop jobs, it's the distribution, it's the warehousing, et cetera, et cetera. And that uh, toll is often not taken into consideration. That's a really good point that you make about the emotional attachment, because anyone who has started a business not just has an investment in finance, but they have an emotional investment. And in many ways, that business is an extension of their personality. Um, yes. Cathy, that's interesting that you were saying that the business you created was around your skill set, about the you know, home improvement, the interior design. How do you cope with that when you almost sort of feel as though you can't express yourself um, in that business over the last year as you normally would? That's been a real challenge because I've spent my entire adult working life working with the public. So in local government, I was very front facing. I was a health inspector, so I was out, out and about all the time. And I've spent 
you know my work is 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 with the public and I've really missed it I I didn't realize I know we we go oh the public but I've I've missed it Uh, and for someone like me and thousands of businesses that are built up on that kind of uh, passion and customer service it's been hard online is is a challenge for me I I don't enjoy it as much but what I have learned and I've become I think much better at is social media and for businesses now to survive this you you kind of have to be on social media even if you don't want an online business because social media is especially something like Instagram for me because my business is very visual it's about product and artists and designers um, and very creative uh, it gives me a platform to talk about what I'm doing so there may be photos of the shop there may be photos of projects I'm working on or artists I'm working with or or just a product or you know something around something like St Patrick's Day or Mother's Day or it, it just, and, and customers are beginning to engage with us as well on social media so how I've coped with it has been uh, well Lots of walking and coffee for a start uh, and finding those artisan coffee shops that are open <laughs> and supporting them. Um, but, yeah, using social media, I think we're learning and, and kind of the way forward. Uh, I think Mark was saying about, you know, we, we've got to adapt town centres that are, are changing. We knew they were. This has accelerated it by probably five years. Mm-hmm. And to survive, we are going to have to be better at digital whether we like it or not, I mean, I, I don't profess to be an expert, but I, I do think that that has got to be the way forward. So I, what's helped me is I said, well, you know, earlier, first thing is about losing my customer base and losing my support base. I've, I've managed to keep some of that going through social media. Stephen, what are your thoughts I, on that? I was just, I was just saying, yes, social media is absolutely key. I mean, um, and again, I agree with the the, the fact that the COVID uh, pandemic has hastened the move online. It was already happening. Um, you know, 36% of UK sales are now online. And it's very much uh, an age thing as well. Sorry, is um, that over the last year, Stephen, just to over clarify the last that? Year. What yeah. would it have been prior to that? Um, it was... Sorry to throw that one. 27 okay 27 percent yeah i mean when you think a certain um large organization uh that we all know about online you know in 2009 their uk sales were 4 billion and uh last year 263 billion no way you know and the uk is their third biggest market but again with the age group um you know the 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 15 to 24 year old age group have grown up with computers and the online shopping um you know our age group used to go around to the town center on a saturday morning to Woolworths with our pocket money and you know and our our, our christmas money and uh, you would look forward to going around with your friends going around the fashion shops etc nowadays the 15 to 24 year olds wouldn't think of doing that you know it's on a on a smartphone it's a quick to the right or the left and they bought it and the worrying thing is that 79% of their spending is online. You know, they wouldn't even think to go to their local high street um, apart from socialising. Mm. And I think that's where, as Cathy was saying, that's where independence uh, and the opportunities are. It's, you know, it is a bit soulless to, to be online all the time. You don't have that interaction. Mm. So I think town centres going forward will become social places. They will be where you want an experience. 
Um, and those retailers who will, will succeed will offer that entertainment, that experience, that socialising. Um, and I think moving forward, town centres need to capitalise on that because there is a pent up demand for people to get out and about. You know, uh, Primark, Primark is, is a, a perfect example because they're not online. Yeah, you know, yeah, you physically absolutely. have to go there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they say that they would not um, ever go online because their business model wouldn't support it. Mm. No, they couldn't have. Because, again, we, we, we always forget that the online businesses and, and the public doesn't see it. A huge um, built, you know, uh, the business behind it, you've got all the distribution, the drivers, the returns are huge, you know. And uh, I mean, for example, John Lewis are now an 80 percent online business. You know, that's a stalwart of the mm. high street. And we know that they're closing more stores. Um, but to go from, uh, you know, uh, uh, a 20 percent online to an 80 percent online business and the high street stores are now seen as a hindrance just shows you how things have changed. That's interesting. So, Mark, how, just turning to how that you deal with that in both segments, is there anything you can do to stimulate that sort of entertainment social aspect that seems to draw people in or do you just let the market do it do you just let you know as Kathy was saying the the um, artisan coffee shops pop, pop up the artisan bakers um, and that is a draw and an attraction for people or do you actually have to intervene and plan that you won't be surprised to hear that I'm going to say you need to have a balanced approach and <laughs> uh, if if organizations or councils or bids or others just do it on their own, then there's a degree of it being a bit unauthentic. Um, and, but what we got into, I suppose, up to about 18 months ago, was the concept in Bury that any summer weekend, late spring, early summer weekend, there would be something going on in Bury St Edmunds. So you can get people into the habit of not even necessarily having to know what it is. They just know if they come in, it will be a market or it'll be one of the, our food and drink festival or it will be a, a variety of things. So you, we worked hard at getting people's habits ingrained in visiting the town centre. Most human beings are creatures of habit. And if you can get them into most weekends, they'll come into the town. That's what they will continue to do until they can't. And of course, that's the challenge of the last year because there's been lots of times when they can't. Um, so that's one issue. And then linked to that is that you need um, interesting businesses. And without wanting to sound blase or patronizing at all, as with any difficulty, this situation provides opportunities for others. And I was just making a note here. I think since, um, since the beginning of November, and knowing what's going to be happening in the next month or so. I think very, we've got about 10 or 12 new businesses opening or having opened. We're gonna open with less vacancies than when we went into lockdown, which I've got to be honest with you and say is absolutely brilliant and probably beyond my wishes when we were told Boxing Day we were closing basically. Unsurprisingly, it's predominantly within the hospitality sector and the wellbeing sector. Things you cannot buy online, what services or products that you can't go online. And I think, to be fair, you can't blame anyone that's opening a new business at the moment to go down that route. There is still a, there's still a role for retailers. And but I, I, I think, yeah, I have full understanding that maybe not many people want to dip their toe in that water afresh from today. 
but we have, um, I mean, Barry, over the last, yeah, I suppose, 10 years or so, more likely five or six, has created itself. And it's sort of happened by the market, as you were saying, rather than any great design, although we've tried to help it. It's become, we consider, the foodie capital Suffolk. Um, this year, we, we um, Pea Porridge, one of our restaurants, is the first Michelin star uh, restaurant in Suffolk since, I think, Hindlesham Hall in the late 70s. It's the, it's the only Michelin star in Suffolk. Um, at the same time, Maison Bleu, another lovely independent restaurant, has won the Sommelier Michelin Award. Um, we have, and it's always a joke here, and Stephen will know this, we have coffee shops coming out of our ears. And, and guess what? We've got two more coffee shops coming. And people will always say, we've had enough coffee shops, we don't need any more. And, and that's when I say, it's the market that will decide. And we won't know when we've got too many coffee shops until we have and then probably the least successful coffee shops will be the ones that aren't providing what the customers want and there's a degree of this being the survival of the fittest um, and any business and or not just business and you think how often how many things have changed in our personal lives throughout the last four or five years and will continue to do so and it's the same with business and it's that's always the most challenging thing if you're doing okay as a business why do you want, you know, not go down the, if it's not broke, why fix it route? But the cute ones are the ones that are looking ahead and are seeing how things are changing. The big advantage independent businesses have, and Kathy can demonstrate this, I'm sure. In theory, she could change tomorrow what she's selling. It wouldn't be that simple. But in theory, she could do that. Whereas a national brand can't. They're already buying probably next year's products. So I always use the analogy that the, um, the nationals are an oil tanker and there's lots of benefits with being that big, but the independents are a speedboat. And again, there's benefits in that regard as well. This is at the moment an opportunity for independents. Landlords have had the upper hand for a number of years and that's slowly changing in various Edmonds. We independent businesses couldn't open um, in some of the main areas because the cost was too much. Along with rates, as Stephen has said, we've obviously got coming towards the end of a rates um, window, as it were, um, from the government of non-payment, and that's going to change soon. But therefore, there are opportunities for independence. And, and just to give you an example, one of our food and drink businesses, um, Rights, which is a, a big sandwich shop, um, three years ago was a, a market stall on Berry Market. Was successful, then became an independent business in, a sm in St. John Street, which is our primary independent street. And a couple of years later, he's just moved into what was the Pizza Hut franchise building. Now, again, if you'd have said to me a year ago, could, was that possible? I'd have said, no, the rent and the rates were so high. But because Pizza Hut um, closed a number of outlets, there was an opportunity. And here's someone who's grasped that. And we hope that others will see that and will go down that route. Is he crazy, Adam? Or is he uh, an opportunist and brave? Who knows? Entrepreneurial is a word that can cover a multitude of sins, but it's an opportunity. He's gone for it. And to be fair, in the four months he's been open, he's been, he's been so busy and thriving. And that's Brilliant. what we hope will happen in various movements. Brilliant. I mean, that actually leads us on quite nicely just to the whole concept of how will the town centre look from a, from a property perspective? Because we've obviously been dealing with retail, and that, but retail doesn't stand by itself. It needs people who are based in the town centre. So how does the impact of offices um, 
change the dynamic of uh, the high street. Um, there's highly likely to be fewer people um, in town centres every day. Does that make a difference to the footfall that you're likely to get over a lunchtime, for example, Cathy? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's this is the one of the big worries is that um, Ipswich, I mean, Mark, Mark will know this, Ipswich has kind of been very kind of chipper the last few years of having uh, a lot of a huge office sector and really quite buoyant footfall figures. Well, that that's gone. That, that's gone. And I don't think I don't see that returning anytime soon. And the work from home is going to become more important and I think we'll see kind of hybrids of that going forward so this kind of picking up what Mark said you know we, we've got to adapt to survive and, and independence can do that more so I'm I'm or more easily I think I'm I'm be interested to see what happens when we reopen I cannot rely now on the, uh, that office sector and certainly my neighbours who are in hospita hospitality can't rely on that so the coffee shops the lunchtime bar you know the lunchtime kind of sandwich shops it'd be interesting to see what effect it will have in in you know in in, in reality so yeah we, we're adapting and surviving that we, we've got to find other ways of, of tapping into um that market so if you're not commuting and you're not traveling using kind of four hours or three hours a day commuting you've gained three hours <laughs> of your day we've got to kind of help people renegotiate their working lives I think to to encourage people to come into wherever their location is be it Ipswich Norwich or wherever um, and it may be that yeah we, it, it will be different they won't be coming just shopping but they may be coming because there's a market because there's an offer on somewhere or because there's an event uh, I think uh, the you know, we've got to kind of create this more experiential high street. We've been saying this for a number of years. This isn't new. And, uh, yeah, trying to encourage the use of digital. And I know uh, certainly Ipswich, the Ipswich Vision Project here is looking at this digital high street uh, idea. And it's kind of linked to this 15-minute moving around. But using digi more digital to connect with people so that if they are walking around they get they get uh you know directions to various other things that are on so that when you're in the town you you create a, a bigger experience and that's got to be the way forward but yeah I, I am a lot of us are worried about that and i think we've got to, we're going to have a lot of empty offices in ipswich which is is, is slightly worrying but is is there a positive uh, to that, um, Stephen? I'll just ask you that. Is there a positive to the, the ability for those offices to then be converted to residential? That that is the biggest trend currently going on. I mean, landlords, uh, you know, traditionally uh, wanted to keep the upper floors of retail shops empty because you know retailers needed storage. Uh, that doesn't need to happen today, and, and landlords are understanding that they've got a huge market of people wanting to uh, be a resident in a town centre with all of the facilities around them. And uh, lots of office buildings, uh, especially in the bigger centres, are being converted into apartments. So again, there's another opportunity there for uh, businesses to serve those new residents. That, you know they're going to be wanting the uh, the hair salons and the barber shops and the beauty salons and uh, the convenience stores etc on their doorstep you know the whole point of living in a town center is that you don't have to get in the car and go anywhere um you know you have it on your doorstep so therefore again there's opportunities there and a lot of office buildings and uh, upstairs of uh, upper floors of shops 
are perfect for that sort of conversion. Obviously, we have problems with uh, waste disposal and car parking, etc. But a lot of people are thinking, actually, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to downsize and, and live in the town centre. So there is a huge opportunity there for different types of businesses coming in. And, and as Mark said, you know, what can the internet not do? What can it not offer? You know, we've seen the explosion of uh, Turkish barbers and things like that. You know, again, that's an experience rather than just, you know, a normal barbershop. So, um, you know, it, it is, again, there's opportunities in everything. And uh, I just think we have to understand and uh, realise that the, the town centres are going to change. Um, but there are op always opportunities there. Um, that's, the, that's the, you know, the, that's the positive side. Yeah. Uh, Mark, is that happening within Barry Sedman's? I mean, Bury has been a bit ahead of the game in this regard. Um, probably about three years ago, there were quite a large buildings on the periphery of the town centre in regards of apartments. And I think we worked out last year, there's, a, there's been about 500 new units created in the town centre. Then we were also having um, particularly offices. So we, we are losing the office workers, but we were losing them before COVID because um the buildings weren't fit for purpose so they're now being turned into houses or or, or apartments um i think the big cities who uh are, you know are going to miss out on the, on the office workers and hence you would have seen nationally um some real push by the government to try to get those people back and it has a knock-on effect of um of landlords and you know in 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 london you know where it's very high rent and rates, um, you know, they need those people back. And I suspect the vast majority aren't going to go back. A lot of people have seen the benefits of the flexibility of um, working from home and business and, you know, business is the same in reducing costs. But certainly, as, as Stephen has said, um, with, you know, within Bury, it's, it's got the feel, I always think it, the town centre's got the feel of a bit of a village. There's a lot of it, there's a big community, a lot going on. But the advantage is you've got all those services on your doorstep. So again, it goes back to this 15 minute city concept. You have all the benefits of living in, in a town, access to all of those facilities, and literally just walk out outside of your door and you've got a, a wonderful array of shops, hmm. food and drink establishments. And yeah, there is the odd barber, nail bar or tattoo artist uh, in Bury St Edmunds. Um, and that's just a change of society. And dare I say, us blokes that maybe 20 years ago um, weren't too bothered about our, our appearance. That's not what the new norm is. The younger, the younger male, as, as a general rule, has, cares more about his appearance than I did or do. Um, and <laughs> that's, provided an, that, that's provided an opportunity, again, for um, people to utilise that. Which uh, interestingly comes back to Kathy's points about social media that that's changing people's um, awareness of that. I mean, my you know I've got a teenage son who's very into that. So yeah, Kathy, how does that impact you? Well, I was, I was just picking up on I was saying about the Saints in in Ipswich, so where my business is, and and I think the success. We, so we are I think full actually, and we we've, we've had four new businesses open in the last in this last year two i think three tried to open and then couldn't because of the lockdown in november but will open obviously in in april uh so we've we've been quite successful but we've been successful because we were a mixed high street we're exactly what mark was describing we've got retail we've got hairdressers we've got beauty salons we've got a barber we've got uh we've got hospitality we've got a pub 
we've got an estate agent, we've got an accountant, we've got a dentist, we've got offices, we've got residents, and we we run events. So so we, I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm biased because I, I love where my business is, but we are surviving and we will be successful because we're not putting all our eggs in one basket. And, and we know that people are kind of desperate to have a business in that area of town because it, it's kind of it is working and if that can be kind of replicated around our towns and cities more like we used to have when I grew up in London you'd have well that was London you had these kind of satellite didn't you kind of satellite areas where they had their own feel and I think that that's going to happen more with more conversion to residential you'll get that more of a community-based high street um, coupled with in the centre of town, certainly in Ipswich with the Cornhill, you, you'll have hopefully a centre for entertainment. And, and we were seeing a lot more of that, obviously, pre-COVID, where we had a lot of events going on. So it was driving people in. So, you know, I would say that, yes, absolutely agree with what Stephen was saying about opportunity. There's a massive amount of opportunity um, coming forward, certainly for those very fleet-footed independents. And we, we've got... Um, Hank's Deli in Ipswich, which is a phenomenon, uh, vegan food is is on is is massive now, and in Ipswich we've got quite a lot of vegan uh, offering. But Hank's Deli, you know, last year um, they went from having kind of a small cafe to running kind of online delivery through lockdown, and they now have a pub and they have a big kind of not department store, but they have kind of a big a big store. Um, so they've done really well. So there are opportunities, you know, there's there's always going to be opportunities and we've got to the support those independents to, to, to rise to that challenge, I suppose. Yeah. And the, the thing that when I listen to the enthusiasm that you all show in this subject, it, uh, what I begin to think is I've heard this story that the last year has made us both more global and more local. Uh, all at the same time. So globally, we can log on to anything, we can watch anything anywhere, we can order anything from anywhere, but also we can be more local in the sense that actually we're more attracted to support our local providers, retail outlets and so on. The bit that I'm then thinking, and Stephen, this is for you specifically, is I'm then thinking, well, if I think of these regional shopping centres, big out-of-town places, you know, maybe those on the outskirts of London, they're the ones that, to me, I would say, why would I ever want to venture into those again? Because if they're purely setting sort of commodities, clothes, whatever that I can order online, why would I want to go there? And if I want someone who's got the excitement, enthusiasm and passion for her um, stock that Cathy has, I'm not going to probably get that down there either. So are they the ones at risk? Again, because they, because traditionally, you know, the landlords, uh, the institutional landlords and uh, pension companies who own these big centres, you know, they want uh, top-notch covenants. They're only going to be interested in the big multiples. And people will go to those centres um, because uh, it's a perception. Um, and I think it's a really important point. Uh, that local authorities need to get behind is the perception of a town centre. We need to get together and actually make our town centres actually a pleasant place to visit. You know, are they clean? Are they well lit? Is the parking, you know, uh, reasonable? Um, and you go to these centres, they are a bit antiseptic, but they're always clean. You've got a range of facilities, et cetera, et cetera. And a perception of safety as well. Mm. You know, you know, they're going to be, you know, you're going to be on camera, et cetera, et cetera. So 
somewhere like Westfield, for example, down at Stratford, you've got all that in one go and it's an easy option. Coming into a town centre, again, it's that perception of what the town centre is like. You know, has it got rather undesirable areas, etc. Um, you know, the Saints in Ipswich is, is absolute delightful. Um, but then you go into some parts of the Ipswich Town Centre where there's lots of vacancies and it doesn't feel so nice. Um, you know, so it's, it's, again, it's that perception and people will always go for the easiest option. And then someone going down to Westfield is, is quite easy. Um, but again, that's going to change as the multiples decrease their estates. Um, you know, and those are the very, very expensive uh, outlets, you know, mm. um, and it's the middling towns uh, and these large centres that are, are, are suffering the big time because people don't want to, to mix uh, in those big centres at the moment. Uh, so it is the smaller towns that are actually doing better on average than the, the large centres. But, you know, it's all about the streetscape. It's all about uh, feeling of safety, you know, people around you, that buzz, and of course, car parking, you know. <laughs> uh, people think about car parking, and again, it's perception. It's, well, I think that town's expensive, or, or that car park's not very good, or not very safe, etc. And then you've also got the, you know, the retail parks, which are, again, unfair advantages. They've got free parking, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Ipswich, again, in the example, you know, Martlesham Heath is almost another town centre for Ipswich. And uh, although it's not controlled by Ipswich Borough, you know, it's East Suffolk Council who are, are giving permissions for out-of-town retail, which harms Ipswich Town Centre because those out-of-town retail stores, free parking, easy access. So, you know, that has a, a huge effect. And of course, it's not joined up because obviously East Suffolk Council were getting the rate, uh, the rates. <laughs> so it's in their interest to allow those businesses there. Uh, and the worrying thing is, is if the perception of the town centre is not a, a nice place to visit, um, whichever town centre you're talking about, the retail parks and the online and the big centres, you know, become more, more, more uh, you know, what you want to actually go to. So that, that leads us on to then local authorities and, um, you know, is there anything that is in their hands or is this down to you and me, those who go and spend our money? Um, you know, Mark, no doubt you have a, a hotline um, in Bury St Edmunds and uh, to, to, the, to the council there. Are they listening to this or, or do you go with a, a list? And you, know, you might be having to disclose things that you can't hear but um no. yeah. how does that all work generally generally the west suffolk council which was formerly st Evansby borough council are pretty good the frustration for me with um the public service and many of your listeners will know i've spent 30 years working for one is if if nationals are oil tankers well um, these these are huge juggernaut organisations where speed and efficiency, in my humble opinion, is not their strong suit. And therefore, sometimes decisions can take so long that by the time they're implemented, they're not solving the problems because the problem problems have changed. In regards of our council, they're listening. And in fact, after this, I've got to make a phone call around something that we're working on in regards to the town centre. It's just... Um, you're used to dealing with businesses who will make a decision. Um, there's so many variables, so many processes, so much bureaucracy to go through that it can be frustrating. Um, and, and, and 
and therefore the from afar looking at the the deal that Ipswich has got and the plans they've got of course on the one hand I'm envious because they they they've got this money and on the other hand I don't envy them because they've now they've been working on this for three or four years and with the different agencies and organizations and they've now then got to come and deliver something that ticks everybody's boxes which is always going to be a challenge um, but in general terms, ours is pretty good. Yes, we're always going to have a different view on car parking, but that leads me to just something which I think is going to be very interesting in society as a whole, is how are the population going to respond to going back to a no-restriction lifestyle? Are, the, are we going to be jumping back in our cars again, driving hundreds of miles to go somewhere where we haven't been doing that? Uh, and also there's the ecological argument there as well. Um, are people going to be happy to be amongst crowds? Or are we going to be, are some of us going to be thinking, well, I'm not sure about that? And again, people's behaviour is going to be key to what businesses and town centres need to do. And of course, we won't know exactly what they want to do until they start doing it. And then you've got to be watching the trends, um, in, coming back to Barry again, I think even with our Ark shopping centre, it's outdoors. So I think we're pretty well fixed for that. Yes, if it pours you right and you get wet, or you take a shelter in a shop or in a cafe. But fundamentally, I think we're quite well positioned because if people are concerned around um, crowds and safety, we're outdoors. So I think that helps. But we'll have to see. Will we be needing to focus on our local communities even more so because people won't be prepared to travel? Or will people post lockdown think, actually, I know, I've had a chance to think about what I want to do and I'm actually going to make more of an effort to go to those places that really attract me and, and have got what I want. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that all goes. Kathy, how do you see that? Do you think, uh, well, first of all, let's deal with that sort of people's emotional response to all of this in that do you think there'll be a sense of liberty and let's get out there and spend or are you getting a sense of some people being more cautious and then just you know local authority perspective what do you feel well I, I think um I we, we having having had one of the kind of worst years I've ever had we weirdly had the best December I have ever had so there was a massive pent-up demand. Now, I know it's Christmas, but we had a massive pent-up demand in December. I, I couldn't believe, I, I had to keep pinching myself going, I can't believe this, both online and, and in store. So I think on the one hand, yes, there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand on April the 12th. I think we are, I've got boxes arriving every day, ready to get my shop absolutely stop to the gutter so i'm ready to sell 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 would you be able to actually get inside your shop because exactly you might, you might have to wait outside <laughs> uh i think there will be i i agree with what mark though said you know i think there is a there is still a kind of a nervousness around this and i think once the novelty wears off whether that is going to then whether we'll see that go through the summer and it will a lot of that will be weather dependent so if people are feeling better about being outside that that will help um in terms of the local authority i mean yeah we our local authority here uh, is pretty good. They they are listening. We we are fortunate to have Ipswich Vision, which is hopefully going to deliver some of this stuff. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. And my worry is we need help right now, not in 
eight, nine months time. As a retailer, as someone who lives here, works here in Ipswich, I want to see things now. We need to, this is immediate actually. And as Mark said, you know, things don't move very fast. Um, the future is looking quite good for Ipswich. Yes, this 25 million will be great long term. But my dream is to have holistic town centre management first and front you know we need to make sure that all of the things uh Stephen said about you know safety cleanliness making town centers more green more sustainable better parking better cycle routes all of that all of that will lead to nicer healthier places of which i will benefit as a retailer so holistic town center management has got to be high up there on that with local authorities the bids do an ma amazing job i i think our bid in ipswich is great um and i suspect the work mark's doing in, in Barry is brilliant they, they are really helping town centers but sometimes the link between town centers and bids isn't always connected and it has to be more holistic definitely going forward so Stephen, this, I'm going to ask this question to all three of you as we as we come to a close. But Stephen, if you ran the country, uh, what would you do? <laughs> I mean, it could be on oh, any subject, got. but let's focus <laughs> on this one. <laughs> How what what magic wand would you wave that could help all our I retailers? Would, help I all would, our... Uh, I would um, look at business rates. I think that's uh, uh, obviously an unfair system. It's outdated. Um, I would uh, include um, landlords, etc. I would get um, the uh, property owners. You know, again, a lot of retail property has traditionally been uh, mixed up with pension pots because retail was always uh, the high flyer. And, uh, you know, people used to have 25 year leases, upward only uh, rent renewals. You know, you, it, the money was always coming in, and a lot of these big centres and town centres are run on, or owned by pension companies. You know, so that's that's a knock-on effect there, which you know is often not thought about. But uh, I would certainly look at business rates. You know, level across the board. If you're trading in any way, you should be paying the same, uh, whether you're online or on the high street. Uh, and again, I would look at streetscapes. I would look at parking. I would make town centres. Um, an experience I would make, you know, have have the residents and the visitors to that town centre actually have a bit of um, loyalty and care about it, you know, right? <laughs> Again, it's that emotional tie to your town centre um, and actually care about the businesses there, whether they're multiples or, lo or local businesses. Um, because, you know, it's always the saying, if you, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Yeah. Um, and that's never been more true than this year. Um, so, you know, again, it's all about communication. You know, we all want the same thing. <laughs> we all want a nice, pleasant place to, to socialise and, and to meet people and, and to buy things, rather than sitting in your pyjamas at three o'clock in the morning, you know, in front of your iPad. Um, so we all want the same things, but I think it's better communication, better understanding of, of how the uh, retail businesses work and how um, online can, you know, help a business have a uh, have a bricks and mortar store rather than being as a threat excellent stuff kathy what about you 
if you ran the uh, country, what would you do? Well, I, I agree with everything Stephen said, actually. Uh, a bit of a cop-out, isn't it? But, but one <laughs> thing I, I would like to, because I was going to say kind of business rates and all that, but I would like to see some kind of initiative to drive new business. So we have enterprise zones. We have a lot of them in Suffolk and Norfolk and around the country have a kind of similar idea, you know, create create zones, you know, encourage new businesses. We, we're going to have a lot of more people out of work here. We're going to have a lot of people who want to retrain, learn new new skills, new crafts, new whatever it is, you know, whether it's hospitality or retail or products or whatever, you know, encourage people to start up their business and encourage them to come into our urban centres. We, we have sweeteners for out-of-town office uh, uh, out of town retail why don't I have sweetness to come bring them back into some of these these empty buildings uh, so for me it would be kind of driving initiatives to support enterprise and mark how about you last word to you on this one okay yeah unsurprisingly i agree with everything that's been said but <laughs> i would develop kathy's idea a little bit further going back to what stephen said earlier it, it's looking like the, um, the group of the population that are who are very happy with online sales are younger people. So I would like us to have uh, the government to provide some incentive and help for more younger people to run town centre businesses. Uh, at the moment, they face lots of challenges around funding, lending criteria, but I'm just guessing that the best people to provide services of retail or whatever that would suit and attract young people is probably young people. And in a, a big generalisation, in Bury, young people tend to run maybe a barber's tattoo parlour, maybe some beauty salons, that sort of thing. But in regards to retail, very, very few under 40s running businesses in Bury. And I think that needs to be a real push. And, to, and for it to be seen, as Cathy's sort of alluding to, as a acceptable um, profession and, and something that can benefit everyone. Because we... If those, because those young people that are currently going online, if we're not careful, they're going to be online for the rest of their life, and they'll be followed by more young people. And and it's that challenge of trying to change human behaviour, really. And I don't think, with the greatest respect for all of the people that are running businesses at the moment, that maybe those forty over and over are not necessarily the right people to provide the the services and products that younger people want. So that would be my thoughts. Very good. Helpful. Well, thank you all three of you for your input today and uh, the opportunity to discuss this, because after all, I think for those of us who want to buy things, we want the right people in the right price. But actually, personally, I love being sold to somebody who can listen to what I need and give me the right outcome. And I think that really comes from people like Cathy who offer that independent service and uh, listen to what the uh, shopper is, is looking for. So yeah, I wanna thank all three of you. So thank you to Mark Cordell, the CEO of Alberry St Edmunds, um, Cathy Frost, who runs Love One in Ipswich and Stephen Moody, who is uh, based in Suffolk, but a retail analyst. Very grateful to all three of you for your time today. And uh, thank you for all the good work that you do. As always, do give us some feedback. Go onto our Facebook page, which is Suffolk Money, and uh, find us there. Leave us some comments, give us some feedback, and uh, do the same 
on your podcast facility of choice, whichever one you're using. If you can give us some feedback through there as well, we'd love to receive that. Please do uh, recommend us to your friends so that they can get some benefit from the stories that we're bringing. And also, if you've got any news items that you can keep us informed about, then we'd love to hear those as well. So we hope that we'll see you next time on Suffolk Money. Suffolk Money.